Welcome to EconoDay's Economist Roundtable. I am Ann Picker, EconoDay's Chief Economist. With me is Mark Pender. He covers the U.S. for us. And Jeremy Hawkins, our man in London, is traveling this week. The last week of the month, as well as the first week, provide many of the most important pieces of economic news, regardless of where you are located around the globe. I have no intention of inundating the listener, but I would like to point out some key economic data that will impact central bank decisions in Australia, Japan, and the UK. For example, tonight's Australia's third quarter consumer prices will be posted. The Reserve Bank of Australia has an inflation target range of 1% to 3%. The second quarter CPI was at the lower end of the range, just 1%. The aim is for the 2% midpoint. With a weak employment report just last week, the price data will be a key cog in the RBA's decision-making process next week. And later this week, Japan unleashes September household spending, consumer prices, and employment. These data are important for the Bank of Japan meeting, which is also next week. Consumption makes up a major portion of the Japanese economy, so the Bank of Japan will be looking closely at household spending. This indicator has declined now since April 2014, with a one-month exception in February 2016. In its seemingly endless fight against deflation, the CPI will be closely watched as well. Consumer prices were down five-tenths of a percent from a year ago in August and have been in negative territory since June 2015. The decline continues to worsen, that is, the decline in the CPI is lower, Is the decline is greater each month. And although the flash manufacturing P- PMI for October improved, survey respondents reported both input and output prices fell in October, but at a slower pace compared with September. Moving right along, the UK will release third quarter GDP estimates at the end of the week. This estimate will be especially closely watched. It is the first quarterly reading that is totally after the Brexit vote. The forecast is for a quarterly increase of three-tenths of a percent, down from the second quarter 0.7%. Growth has averaged about six-tenths of a percent on the quarter over the last three years and about five-tenths of a percent since the first quarter of 2015. A concern for the markets is whether Mark Carney will leave in 2018 as originally planned or serve a full term as governor in 2021. He has promised to announce his decision before the end of the year. Just prior to today's testimony before a House of Lords committee, the pound has dropped about 1%. He is currently giving his testimony, and among his remarks so far is that his decision whether to say or go as governor of the Bank of England 
was strictly a personal decision. So, Mark, what's new in the U.S.? And, well, we had um, the data recently has been pretty soft. We've had uh, um, what, what, what caught me with what uh, your discussion was, Anne, was the uh, CPI. It's the CPI for Australia, you were saying, was in the 1%, uh, 1% in the prior period and still below their 2% uh, target. And also Japan, where you were saying that um, the uh, monthly uh, uh, contraction has been increasing. Um, now here, the uh, of course, the expectations are is that with the tight labor market that we're going to uh, begin to see wage inflation, which will then um, begin to pick up uh, uh, consumer prices. But we haven't seen that yet. And uh, uh, even though that is uh, what the forecasts are. But when you look at the globe, around the globe, and you're seeing such uh, weak pricing, uh, it makes it more difficult for the U.S. to stand out. Um, and uh, what are I, exactly are they say, saying in Japan, for instance? Of course, they always try to be very upbeat. But if you still have a couple of years of contraction in the CPI, uh, how about the the uh, opponents or the naysayers uh, in Japan? Uh, what does the opposition say? Well, the employment is very tight in Japan simply because of the lack of immigration, amongst other things, and a very much older population. Um, their unemployment rate, I believe last month, was 3.1%, but it has always been significantly lower than here. Uh, wages, in spite of this, have not really been increasing. Um, it, it, it seems to be a picture of great stagnation, in short. And how about Australia? Australia, its employment report uh, gyrates. Uh, Employment increases one month, dives the next. Last week it dove. Um, total employment was down, and the loss was primarily in full-time jobs, which is not good. So, yeah, that can't uh, be good for inflation, right? And, and, and they, they look more carefully – actually, most people do – look more carefully at the break between full-time – and part-time jobs, Mark, which is something we really don't do here. Well, we, you know, on Friday we're going to have the GDP report here, and we're expecting a, the Econo Day consensus is pretty respectable at 2.5%, which would be the best uh, quarterly, quarterly result in five quarters. But the uh, turning back to prices, the price index is expected to come in at 1.5% following the second quarter's energy-related uh, popped 2.3%, but a 1.5% uh, quarterly rate isn't going to be uh, isn't going to give the hawks much to talk about. Uh, but um, and you know the employment, our early indications on the U.S. employment, we had a hard indication last week with the initial jobless claims, which popped higher. Uh, which is a negative signal, but just this morning we had uh, a decline in those who say that jobs are currently hard to get in the consumer confidence report, which is a positive indication, but still uh, job growth uh, does seem to uh, probably the expectation will be for a, a more moderate rate in October, perhaps non-farm payroll growth of uh, probably about 150,000 
change. But uh, none of this is uh, terribly inflationary and, uh, uh, and really doesn't pull forward any a rate hike. Uh, there is still some expectations for a, a rate hike at the November, uh, the coming November meeting, which uh, almost immediately precede the presidential election. I don't really think that that is a uh, a likely outcome. I don't think the policymakers want to uh, get in, into the headlines, into the fray immediately preceding the election. But there are still uh, expectations of that. Um, for that, and but the bulk of the expectations are going to be for a December rate hike. But if the inflation readings here continue to be uh, on the soft side, I'm not quite sure that it's a lock that we're going to get uh, a rate hike uh, in December. Um, and uh, it's all about really, you know, um, uh, the wage uh, wages which have not been growing. Uh, consumer spending has flattened since the second quarter. Uh, there's not a lot of acceleration here. And and, and just what you were saying at the beginning uh, of uh, that. Uh, describing economic conditions in Asia and Japan and uh, Australia, at least, the, and also the UK. There's just, uh, although the UK is bouncing, I guess, from um, Brexit, um, it's the whole global economy seems to be pretty soft. And although the US is out in front of this global economy, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be, I think, there is a risk that it can be pulled back into a, a general slowdown. Um, and uh, we'll probably see that first. Uh, uh, in the employment report, but you know there are signs uh, signs of uh, positive signs we've already gotten. On uh, Monday, we had a big uptick in the PMI manufacturing report, um, and that also followed a similar increase in the Philly Fed manufacturing report the prior week. So there are signs of life coming out of the factory sector, which has been pretty well dead flat this whole year. Um, but just in general, I, you know, this is a sluggish economy, sluggish as it goes. The Fed want does want to normalize policy, but uh, I'm not quite sure that it will be as urgent uh, a matter as uh, certainly was thought of uh, earlier in the year. Mark, uh, there seems to be in the news an awful lot of temporary hiring going into the holiday season. And in fact, it's been noted somewhere (laughs) that um, the firms are hiring earlier because they're concerned about labor shortages. Mm. I'm wondering how the seasonals are adjusting for this. Um, If the hiring is larger, this could potentially skew the data going forward for the next couple of months. I, well, it could uh, if there was a, uh, a a burst of uh, of hiring, but you know, in general, um, uh, uh, things are moved forward. Have been mo- been moving forward for the holiday uh, season. So uh, imports are moving forward uh, ahead of it. Uh, hiring is moving forward ahead of it. Um, uh, you can just see it in in how you go in, into a store. Uh, the uh, holiday. Uh, stuff was out. Uh, the Christmas stuff was out. Uh, uh, it was out, uh, before Halloween. Is out before Halloween. So there's generally a, 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 lo- a forward loading of uh, of uh, the holidays, which I guess is you know part of being efficient. Um, whether or not this is going to have a significant impact on the seasonal adjustments, I guess we'll just have to wait to see. But, um, you know, in general, the, we're not looking for a super red-hot uh, holiday spending season. 
Um, and uh, that may be a factor, again, that would uh, push back or lower the chances for a December rate hike. I guess we'll just have to wait and see and find out. Thanks, Mark.